Hello, and welcome to Mr. Benson's Extraordinarium. Extraordinary tales from around the globe and throughout history. I'm Dan Benson. Former US President Abraham Lincoln is still a household name in most English-speaking countries, At the time of this recording, it has been 157 years since his passing, but like so many great people, his legacy and his legend keeps his name alive and circulating generation after generation. But the three most notable things about Lincoln were his issue and signing of the Emancipation Proclamation, effectively ending slavery, his stewardship of the Union during the American Civil War, and his assassination in Ford's Theatre, by John Wilkes Booth. But few know much of his personal life, a life filled with tragedy. Lincoln's first love, Anne Rutledge, passed away at the tender age of 22 from suspected typhoid fever. It would be four years later in 1839 when he would meet one Mary Todd and become engaged to her the following year. But by all accounts, he wasn't keen to go through with the marriage, cancelling their first wedding, but eventually the couple reconciled and were married in 1842. Legend has it that while preparing for the wedding, he made to leave the room momentarily and was asked where he was going, to which he replied, To hell, I suppose. But despite being reluctant to marry Mary, he settled into married life well and was known to be a loving and affectionate husband and father. The Lincolns would have four sons, Robert Todd Lincoln, Edward Baker Lincoln, Willie Lincoln, and Thomas Lincoln, known as Tad. Eddie would sadly pass away at just three years old of suspected tuberculosis, and for the family, the tragedies kept coming. Willie was just 11 when he died of fever in 1862 at the White House during Lincoln's presidency. Lincoln himself would be assassinated by John Wilkes Booth before the passing of his third son, Tad, who died of heart failure in 1871, at just 18 years old. The compound effects of losing her life partner and three of her children would see Mary committed briefly to an asylum by her eldest son, Robert. Robert was the only one of the four brothers to survive to adulthood and on into old age and did quite well for himself, at one point becoming Secretary of War, among other achievements. But it almost wasn't to be. Robert Tad Lincoln very nearly didn't survive either, not because of a horrible childhood illness, however. Robert was travelling to Washington by train, when at a rail depot en route, he was jostled while standing on the platform, and lost his balance, falling between the platform and the carriage just as it began to move. Luckily, a good Samaritan grabbed him from behind and pulled him to safety. Robert recognised the man who saved him immediately. He was a well-known thespian, a Shakespearean actor of some note. The actor didn't know the young Lincoln, but would later be told that he was the president's eldest son. And this would go some way toward easing the actor's troubled heart, You see, this man's family name and the Lincoln family name would become inextricably linked less than a year after he rescued Robert that day on the platform, when the noted Shakespearean actor's younger brother, John, 
would assassinate Robert's father at Ford's Theatre on April the 14th, 1865. The actor's name was Edwin. Edwin Wilkes Booth. The Irish, traditionally, and rather unfairly I might add, have an international reputation for being very heavy drinkers. In my homeland of Australia, another country with a reputation for having a disproportionate number of drunks among its population, jokes about Irish alcoholism abound without a hint of irony. In a 2021 survey, Australia took out top spot for the number of times respondents got drunk in a year, with Ireland in seventh position after Denmark, Finland, the US, the UK and Canada. Nonetheless, jokes connecting the Irish to alcoholism continue to flourish. No doubt legendary drinkers such as Iron Mike Malloy, the subject of a previous episode, have assisted to keep the stereotype alive, and the story I'm about to tell certainly wouldn't have done any harm to the Irish reputation for hardcore boozing. You see, on the 18th of June 1875, a warehouse in central Dublin caught fire. If any records were kept as to the cause of the blaze, I wasn't able to find them. But what we do know is that the warehouse's inventory included 5,000 barrels of whiskey. Needless to say that many types of alcohol are aged in timber barrels, usually oak, and being 1875, timber barrels were pretty much all that was available anyway. Timber is flammable, whiskey is flammable, and so the scene was set for a raging inferno. But as the barrels heated, they burst and spilled their contents. As more and more barrels were compromised, more and more whiskey escaped, taking the fire with it. In times before refrigeration and motor cars, cities had a decent population of livestock, and it was the squealing of some nearby pigs that alerted people to the fire, which by this time was oozing down the street atop a river of whiskey. But thanks to the panicking piggies alerting everyone, there was a rapid evacuation and no fatalities. Peter Paul McSweeney, the Lord Mayor of Dublin, is quoted as saying... The time given for escape in some places during the progress of the fire was so short I was apprehensive that some people should be left in danger in the garrets and cellars of the district. But on inquiry, I was happy to learn that no life was lost during the Great Conflagration. End quote. So, in short, fire breaks out in Dublin, residents escaped unharmed. Not exactly extraordinary, but if you search this on the internet, you will discover 13 fatalities and 24 hospitalizations attributed to the fire. Why is that, did I hear you ask? Well, the fire, as I said, was spreading on a river of whiskey. Some 262,500 imperial gallons of whiskey, or 1,193,000 litres, so when I say a river, I was only using a little bit of poetic license. The Whiskey River was several hundred yards or metres long, and six inches or 15 centimetres deep, deep enough to ladle from. And that 
is what people began to do. Anything to hand that could be used as a container was dipped into the Whiskey River, including people's shoes, and an impromptu drinking session broke out. As it was evening, the blaze could be seen from far afield, and curious onlookers from all over Dublin had come to investigate. And they stayed on for a little tipple. And why not? I probably would have too, and in a time of little in the way of creature comforts, it would no doubt have been a great distraction. And of course, if you were poor, and many were, you'd probably want to get your fill of anything that was free. And so people did. And that is how the fatalities of the Dublin Whiskey Fire came about. Not from smoke inhalation or burns, but alcoholic poisoning. You've been listening to Mr. Benson's Extraordinarium. Created, researched and hosted by me, Dan Benson. If you enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button and continue to join me as I uncover extraordinary stories from around the globe and throughout history. Till next time, peace, love, light. Take care. Catch ya.